Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello, Compassionate Educator. All right, so I really want to start today by thanking you for showing up today. Thank you for showing up and supporting your students. Thank you for showing up here to this podcast and doing something that's going to help you help your students. So as you know from the title, we are going to be talking about compassion fatigue today. Last week, we spoke about burnout. And if you didn't have a chance to listen to that, go back to episode nine and listen to the segment on burnout after you can listen to this one first. (laughs) It's not necessarily a specific order that you need to listen to them. Um, But I do have three episodes in this series on the risk trifecta, and that is burnout, compassion fatigue, and secondary trauma. So a lot of times we hear about these three as if they are the same thing. But they're really not. I want to be able to provide assistance to you if this is something that you might be struggling with or you see a coworker or a friend who might be struggling with this. And if we don't know how to identify the problem, then it's really hard to, to alleviate it. And it's really hard to make a change if we don't know what's really going on. All right, so... Compassion. Let's talk first about what compassion is, because if we're going to talk about compassion fatigue, we have to break it down. So compassion is recognizing the suffering of others and wanting to alleviate that suffering. Now, teachers are helpers, and oftentimes why teachers just love their jobs, and I asked as many educators as possible, like, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? And it's that desire to help their students. And that is such an amazing way to live your life and to pursue a career. Now, compassion has many benefits as well. So by having compassion for others, you are likely to have better physical and mental health, a stronger immune system, higher self-esteem, lower rates of anxiety and depression. Compassion itself is truly beneficial in such big and important ways for for you and for your students and your loved ones and, you know, everybody around you. You are helpers. You are giving. You are listening to stories from your students that are amazing, but also hearing stories that just completely break your heart. Uh, Just today, I had posted on the Compassionate Educators Facebook group a question about what teachers wish that they knew the public understood about the profession. And so many responded with things such as, I wish that others knew the physical and emotional toll that it can sometimes take. teacher said that she wishes how the public understood how we often treat and honor our students 
the same as we would our own children. Another teacher said, The biggest toll is the emotional baggage that we take home with us as we worry about some of these kids. The physical emotional toll that it can often take is very much related to compassion fatigue. The fatigue is actually a change in feelings of empathy for your students or maybe for their families or maybe even for your coworkers. So the compassion fatigue is not feelings of tiredness, which that might be a sign or a symptom, but that's truly not the whole story. It's that feeling that you just have nothing left to give or becoming so cynical of everything. And some of the signs and symptoms can include being just really irritable and impatient. You might be having a hard time sleeping at night. Maybe even being really forgetful, losing things, or it could be having angry outbursts, like just being really enraged for no direct or apparent reason. You could have some physical symptoms such as rapid heartbeat, breathing difficulties, headaches, stomach aches. So some of that is similar to burnout, but again, the cause of this is different. Also, some of the, there can be spiritual consequences of compassion fatigue. So questioning the meaning of life. For me, it was really questioning my purpose and questioning my role in what I was doing. It can be really a lack of satisfaction with your job and even with yourself. Again, just going back to questioning yourself, questioning your spiritual or religious beliefs. It could also look at feelings of complete powerlessness and helplessness, and it feels like an emotional roller coaster. A lot of this can have a big impact not only on your performance at work and the way that you're interacting with your students, with your colleagues, but also take a really big toll on your personal life as well. And that's why it's so important that we talk about this together and that we are able to create safe environments for educators to be able to have these conversations without fearing that there's going to be some type of retribution or that there's going to be some kind of punishment for having these feelings because guess what? This is really normal. This is very normal to have some of these feelings come up. And when you are working with students every day, you're getting to know their backstory, their histories. And let's face it, a lot of times these stories that the children are coming into the classroom with are absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, I remember going home at night in tears sometimes because of the stories that I would hear from the children or, you know, having to stay late after school because I'm calling CPS and I don't know if I'm sending the student back to a safe environment or not. And so here's what happens is that when you are continuously kind of in the thick of things, then you are giving of yourself. So you have kind of this this open outpouring of 
compassion and and just genuine love for this person. And when that is happening time and time and time again, and you're not protecting yourself and you're not protecting your heart space, then you can start to, uh, you know, come into this compassion fatigue. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of a story that occurred between Barbara Gruner and I. I had interviewed Barbara for the Compassionate Educators show about empathy. But as we were having a conversation before we started the interview, we somehow got on the topic of compassion fatigue. And we just had a really nice conversation about this topic. I asked Barbara if I could share it with you because I felt that it really spoke well to seeing how this looks in action. So here is the clip with Barbara and I. Okay, here's the deal. It's time to, you know, just get real about this stuff. There, there can't be a we if there isn't a me. And I said, you like you're doing the holy work and if if you are not carving out time and I don't mean a bubble bath because you're tired actively carving out time to take care of your heart then you're not going to be strong enough to hold the hearts of those other you know kids in your care and we need to hear it and we need to hear it real and vulnerable and authentic and not just like oh go take a walk like it's Mm -hmm. seriously more than that but Mm -hmm. it's not one size fits all so i can't stand up there and prescribe but all i can tell them is it just means me too and it doesn't have to mean me first and and lord knows you're putting yourself last but you have to be in that equation somewhere too if you don't tune up yourself your alternator you know with some self-care then you're going to be running on empty and and all those metaphors can be so strong if they become more than just metaphors, right? They can't yes. just be platitudes. They have to be actionable. Compassion fatigue is so hard to get over, to like go through, to like recover from. And so why wouldn't you be proactive? The one I heard the other day is if you don't listen to it as a whisper, it will scream at you. Yes. I loved that one because that's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be a very scary place to be. Yes, it's really what drove my retirement because I had given it all away during Hurricane Harvey and Mm. I didn't have anything left. Mm. And there came a mom who called me on May 22nd to help her little girl. And I wanted to say, moving sucks, she'll get over it. And then I was, (gasps) I was like, what is that? And I really thought compassion fatigue was just like, you're tired and you'll get, you know, you'll have a nap and you're fine. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't it means you don't want to anymore and that was scary for me because I am a caregiver to the core and to not want to anymore Mm -hmm. really freaked me out so (laughs) I think any time that someone's in the helping profession for more than a few years they run up against compassion fatigue or secondary trauma Mm -hmm. I think so too. And really, here's the thing. If you're not self-aware, you might not. Like you and I, we both kind of go, wait a minute, this is not us. But think about someone who's not as self-aware. They don't think it's not them because they're not self-aware. So then 
it gets worse. It turns into anger. Yes. It turns into drinking, self-harm, whatever, shouting at your loved ones. I mean, it turns into such crazy stuff. I don't even love the word crazy, but like out of the box, weird sensations where it's really, when it's dark, it's hard to find the light again. It is. Yeah. So all this proactive stuff, man, it's just anecdotal. It just, it's so, so necessary. I hope that you found that story helpful and Barbara is the most (laughs) empathetic, compassionate person that I can think of. I mean, she's dedicated her entire career and her life to the work of character building and empathy and helping other educators learn how to build empathy in their classrooms and with their students. And for me, it was almost a sense of relief, to be honest with you, when I heard that even she had gone through this compassion fatigue, because if it happened to her, it can happen to any of us. And what really inspires me, though, is that she did the work needed in order to get herself back into a state of high compassion and being able to continue to give without sacrificing herself. And, you know, that's what that's what my coaching program is all about, is becoming a life-changing educator without self-sacrifice. Now, here comes the good part, okay? So, thank you for sticking around because... If you've been listening to any of the other episodes, or if you know the way that I work, that I always like to have some simple yet effective strategies to help. So I'm not going to leave you uh, with the, the doom and gloom only. We're going to have a couple simple yet effective strategies. Well, first of all, your first tool is that recognition, so recognizing where you are. And then the other tools are going to help you try to shift. So if compassion fatigue is really having that loss of empathy because you are overwhelmed emotionally with all of the stories that you're hearing um, or you're just giving your heart so much, this is what you can do. Anytime you catch yourself thinking something negative in response to what someone else has told you or any time you feel yourself becoming really cynical or questioning that deeper level of purpose or really the world around you <laughs> because this this can really kind of shake your entire worldview please please Look for the good, okay? Because things can start to look really murky. And I'm going to ask you to actually take out pen and paper and just recognize something good. So every time, we're going to like flip a switch. So every time you feel that light starting to flicker off, you're going to flip it back on. So anytime you're starting to 
feel that sense of, you know, gloom and doom, what is something good that is also happening? So if you can find the evidence for something positive, keep doing that. Keep doing that as often as possible because that's going to help the light stay on. And it might take a lot of energy. I understand this. It might take a lot of energy to try and look for the good. So get like a buddy. (laughs) Get a support buddy to help you out with this. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your partner. Find somebody. If you don't have somebody, you know, reach out to me. Let me know that you need someone to help you you know, find that light and to keep finding the good. Because I know that sometimes if you can start to lose some of that that vision for the really good things that maybe sometimes are even right in front of you, but it's harder to recognize those. So anytime you start to question, right, question the good, you are becoming cynical, you feel like you're just going to give up, I want you to switch that light back on by recognizing anything good around you. Another strategy that you can use is to reflect on the things that you are in control of. So with compassion fatigue often comes a sense of helplessness and hopelessness and a loss of control. So again, going back to writing it down is the most beneficial. If you can put it on paper, even better. Really think about what you do have control over. So it can be something like, I have control over what I eat for lunch today. I have a choice in what I'm going to wear today. So it can be as basic or as complex as you want to make it. But really think about what it is that you have a choice to do. Start to see the things that you are in control of that can help build up your self-esteem again. That can help build you back up to seeing that you can have more power in the other things that are impacting you. So to briefly sum up those simple and effective strategies again, one, one, number one is always going to be to recognize where you are. That's always going to be to acknowledge where you are. The second is to look for evidence of good and even better have a peer who is going to do that with you. And then third is you are going to acknowledge what you do have control over no matter how big or small so that you can start to ground yourself again and it can also help you to be really present. Making sure that you are doing everything that you can to stay grounded, to focus your mindset on the positives, but If you do feel yourself, you know, moving into the other stages, don't be so hard on yourself. Just realize that it's very 
normal, but now you can be aware. Now you know what's happening and you can do something to shift that and to get back onto a path of having that passion again for really for your life, not just even for teaching, but just being passionate again for all of the wonderful things that are in your life and all the things that bring you joy. So that's what life is all about. (laughs) It is, you know, really recognizing the joy and recognizing the good and no, it's not always easy and that's not, uh, you know, reality every moment of our lives, but we can make an effort to be intentional about coming back to that, about coming back to the compassion which is going to uplift us, about coming back to the joy and being the light to spread to others, to try and recognize and alleviate their suffering as well. But if we can't recognize it and alleviate it for ourselves, then it's really hard to do for others. So I urge you to take care of yourself. Make sure that you are meeting your needs so that you can meet the needs of others the best that you can. All right. I hope that this was helpful. As always, if you have any questions that come up or you want to connect more, you can reach out to me. Uh, through email support at CompassionateEducators.com. You are also always welcome if you're not in the Facebook group, Compassionate Educators, yet. Uh, What are you waiting for? (laughs) Come join us. It's a great group um, with a wonderful community of teachers and um, other educational staff. So I hope to see you there and we will talk next week about secondary trauma and then that will wrap up our three-part series of the risk trifecta. I'll see you then.